Welcome to Printing Profits. How much money does it really cost to start an online business? Well, if you're using print-on-demand, then we can confidently say not much at all. Still, having some kind of budget to work with is always a smart financial decision. But if getting used to business math is likely going to be a challenge for you, like it definitely is for me, then I'm sure you'd agree we could both use some help. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Suffer. Despite being a mom of two, a PhD, and having a corporate background, Tiana Scott has also managed to become a seasoned online seller and a popular influencer. With over 140,000 followers on TikTok, she's become a role model for new entrepreneurs. Whether it's niche selection, trend spotting, or pricing strategies using print-on-demand, it's clear that a lot of people want to hear what she has to say including us, which is why I'm really excited to have her on the show. Tiana, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. So I was uh, I was reading about you before, and I read Ma- Mother of Two, PhD, corporate background, season online seller. Uh, how? How have you done all of this at the same time and still made and still have time to be, you know, a, a, a really good online seller? How do you manage it? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's like, it's, I don't even know if it's a good thing. I'm a little (laughs) impulsive. I get curious about whether or not I can accomplish something and I just have the itch to try it until to see it out and see if I can do it. Um, And so I spend a lot of nights after the kids go to sleep, learning new skills and going through TikTok and learning from people and trying things out and yeah, I almost can't help myself. And I'm glad I'm glad about it because I discovered pod from it. So yeah, you kind of have to be, I think, to be successful, right? You kind of have to have yeah. that growth mentality all the time. You can't really kind of sit back. Totally. What was the skill for you that uh, I guess was the most valuable when you were picking up all this stuff? So I think, oh, I think like the the business and system side mm. of everything. Like when I first started kind of learning about print on demand and selling on Etsy, like, you know, I was focused on the design piece. I was focused on just like the SEO piece. Um, But I feel like my, I became a business when I started figuring out like systems behind the scenes of, you know, this business and actually looking at it like a business, not just a side hustle that I was trying to crack the code. Um, And so I think, especially if you you know, coming from somebody that has a really busy schedule and a lot of competing demands, that system skill uh, behind the scenes of my business is really, you know, that was kind of a ticket for me. Yeah. What were some of the things that you picked up that, you know, you kind of had to make yourself understand to run your business? And what do you think uh, other Etsy sellers should pay attention to in that same process? Yeah. So I think, I think what a lot of at least my students are surprised about is like just even just the basic terminology of like profit versus revenue, you Mm -hmm. know, just like high level. Um, We look at this like revenue number and you're like, okay, this is, you know, I'm a six figure Etsy seller. I mean, I'm not, but just like, you know, (laughs) I'm a five figure Etsy seller, but does that actually mean you're like a five figure Etsy seller? No, it Mm. doesn't. And so like taking that rev, that revenue and reverse engineering it into what you're actually making um, with like Etsy fees and, you know, costs for product costs for platforms that you're using, like that added up for me. I wasn't even 
keeping track of all the subscriptions <laughs> I had, you know, like it adds up. Yeah. Um, and so I think just that realization of your, my take home and how to actually calculate that and in, in a way that, you know, I'm not doing it after every single sale at the end of the month type of type of situation. Um, you know, that was very insightful for me when I started doing that. And that's something that I'm sure to talk to my students about, because I think, you know, it's surprising when you don't think you're taking home as much <laughs> as yeah. you actually are. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, when you talk about sales or, or revenue, people like those can sound like huge numbers, but the things mm-hmm. that people don't figure out is like you said, you know, those costs that add up, those platform costs or marketing, whatever you spend on ads. So this is why, yep. like, I guess you're right, like having that sense of a budget and having a sense of <clears throat> how much you can actually take home at the days is really important. You mentioned your TikTok and uh, you mentioned that you have your courses that you uh, that you train students with. Um, when you're talking to them about starting to their business, what are some goals that you advise them to set up financially for themselves to help keep their businesses on track? Yeah, so some of the things, I mean, I try, like I work with a lot of brand new Etsy sellers, brand new print on demand. It's just kind of the language that I tend to attract and speak to. Um and so we try, I try not to set like financial goals at first mm-hmm. because we want some more like, you know, tangible, like behavioral based goals that, you know, like, I have control over this. And so a lot of the goals we're setting are very behavioral and things that, you know, they, they know that they have control. Can you tell me more about um, that tangible behavior based goals? I've never heard of yeah. this before. Yeah. So like, I would never want a student to come into one of like into our community and be like, my goal is to make my first a thousand. Like, yes, I think from a high level that is, that's like impactful to an extent and we should have those goals. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have kind of those small wins and actual, like, what are the behaviors you're going to do to reach that, that goal gets washed away. You know, that goal becomes, if you don't reach it in a certain amount of time or whatever, it becomes frustrating, defeating. But, you know, if you know the actual behaviors step by step that will allow you to get there, you know exactly why you haven't reached that goal in a month and three months and five months because you didn't do these things. And so a lot of our goals are those specific behaviors like research, listing daily, like learning, like things that you have actual control over on your day-to-day basis. Yeah. And do you find that like people, uh, or at least your students who pay attention to these goals, um, that just by the fact that they're kind of developing these habits that it does affect their sales in the long run? Absolutely. Yeah. Like we talk about it in our, in our community that they are income driven Mm. activities because that's what they are. Like, you know, there's, there's just like in any business, there's a lot of like time sucks. There's a lot of ways that you can waste your time doing things that don't actually move the dial. Mm. And so, um, that's what we kind of, we we focus on these income driven behaviors. We make sure we do them every single day before we do other things, and that the students that really lean into that, and even myself and my business, when I'm when I'm focused on those income driven activities, then that's when I see changes in my business. Can you give me and an so example today. of some of those income driven activities? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, one is trend research. Mm-hmm. So I firmly believe that the most the most like successful, at least Etsy sellers, this doesn't expand to like all print on demand, maybe does, but um, are the sellers that kind of like build this mental bank of like what customers actually want. I see. Obsess over what the customers want. And to do that, you know, you don't, you don't just like hop on an Etsy, go on Printify, go on TikTok. Like you don't just know that you Mm -hmm. need to build that bank. You mean 
you need to have that information there so that when you go design, it's like, it's like part of you, Yeah, you know, it's just like, it's coming out of you as you're designing. And so it might not feel like a very, like, you know, this is moving me towards my $1,000 goal when you're sitting there doing five to 10 minutes of research on trends, Mm -hmm. but it's so critical to kind of build that, that bank of like what customers really want. It's part of like obsessing over, you know, obsessing over your customer. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that we focus on daily. And the other thing is listing, like just that, just the behavior of listing. Um, We kind of, I kind of prioritize like putting listings out there and then kind of like refining them with SEO, looking at your data, doing some AB testing, but you know, you can't learn from your creations. You can't learn from your listings unless they're out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, those are the two things that we make sure that we do every single day. Tell me about your process when you were starting out as a seller and you were working on, uh, you know, these goals yourself, what were some of the challenges that challenges that you faced trying to achieve these goals? Yeah. Um, so I was all over the place when I started, I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I'm likely like most people. And I mean, I didn't even come into print on demand with this, just like, I want to build this sustainable business. I was just like, this can't be real. Like people are talking about this and like, I don't believe it. Like we're going to prove them wrong type of mentality. I was like very skeptical. Um, and so I was more so testing it out. Um, but it became like a challenge for me to crack it. Once I first got my few sales, I was just like, okay, wait a second. Um, and so it took me a while to kind of like, a, like kind of learn from my mistakes, learn from was, what wasn't working and build these processes and systems and, you know, be able to recognize the types of things I'm doing on an everyday basis that are, you know, having an ROI in my business type of thing. So it, it really took me a while to build it um, from that perspective. Yeah. Um, you talk about, you know, income driven goals, uh, you talk about your challenges, uh, what advice do you give to new sellers who are trying to lay down a financial foundation? I mean, aside from just, yeah. you know, having the habits, being active sellers, paying attention to what's trending, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty of like, you know, getting your finances in order, uh, what, what, what should new sellers be aware of? Yeah. So, I mean, I think like pricing is one thing, obviously, Mm -hmm. like that is, you know, something to be intentional about. And, you know, there's a balance, like, especially when you're first starting, like, okay, what is my, what is my time worth? What do I need? Mm -hmm. What do I need to make in order to make this worth it? There's like, there's that piece, but balancing the fact that you're new and you're not going to, you're not going to get the sales that are a reflection of the work that you're putting in. But that doesn't mean that you price your items 20% 20% lower than everybody else on mm. Etsy, you know, like it's just, that's not necessarily the strategy. And so kind of finding that balance that, you know, charges what you're worth, uh, but is also just from a point of understanding that, you know, your ROI and your time is not going to quite be there. Yeah. And so um, I think being really intentional with, with your pricing at the beginning is important and not underselling or overselling yourself. And then like, Honestly, like this sounds counterintuitive, but I, I find that the more you focus on money and like your money goals and like building that financial foundation, the harder it is to reach those goals, you Mm. know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, why do you say that? that? That might not be for everybody, but so like, I find that if I'm like, if I'm tied to 
like, okay, like I spent $200 this month, like on mock-ups, I spent $200 mm-hmm. on E-Rank and all of these things. Like I need to make that back this month. Yeah. My focus is going to be on like, what do I need to do to make $200? Not what, what behaviors do I need to do that actually create an impact in my business? You know, like your focus tends to be, um, it almost, it might feel like a little sporadic because your focus is on the money. And so Mm -hmm. like, if you don't get a sale that day, you're going to be tempted to pivot and try something different. Or if you do get a sale, you're going to be like, okay, I need to double down or, you know, so Mm -hmm. your decisions are all around whether or not you're making a sale or whether or not you're getting close to that financial goal rather than leaning into the things we know that works. I mean, you talk about, you know, the difference between, you know, setting a sales goal and making an impact on a biz on your business uh for those yeah. are those the same thing i mean for a lot of people i feel like that is the goal of their business you know to make as much money as possible but what is the difference between making an impact on your business then yeah so i think it's it's really easy to forget that the people that pay us are mm-hmm. the people that we're serving you know like our customers mm-hmm. and so like when one more like yes every business is meant to make money like we want to make money that's just literally why we're here Um, but like when we're focused on making money, we're focused kind of like on ourselves rather than the customer. And like, and the reality is like the more we obsess over our customer, like the more we get to know who they are, what they're searching for, why they're buying, when they're buying, they're buying behaviors, the things they love, Mm -hmm. like the better we can serve them and the more they're going to pay us, you know? And so it's kind of that, that, that focus will have the highest impact on your business because you're serving the people that are going to pay you. Yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier about uh, how much value you put on systems, how much value uh, you put on automating uh, some of the processes to make your life easier. Uh, In that vein, um, what are some tools that you recommend uh, new sellers to take advantage of when they're starting their business to kind of, you know, maintain your, uh, maintain their finances? Yeah. Um, So, uh, good question. Um, so there's this one, there's this one, so there's a few ways that you can like choose to go about your finances. Like a lot of people are like, get a business credit card and rack up those points, all of those things. I think that is great advice when you kind of get to that point, mm. um, that, you know, you're having consistent sales. I think that's really helpful, but there's this, um, company called found. They are, um, they're designed for small business owners to kind of like be your back pocket CPA. Mm. And so um, I use them like for a while growing my business. I still use them to an extent, but Mm. they help you manage kind of like all on the back end. It's a debit card. So it doesn't have that like credit card allure. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the back end, it organizes all of your outgoing costs and all of your ingoing costs. It helps you estimate taxes, like all of these things. So just, it takes a lot of that question out. Um, and helps you predict kind of like your quarterly taxes and, you know, um, what your actual profit is at the end of the day. And it's incredibly helpful, especially if you don't like myself, don't really have that financial acumen or background. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about marketing for a, for a second, uh, especially people spending money on, on ads and, you know, spending money to promote Mm -hmm. their products. Uh, I've seen this idea online for new sellers, uh, that, 
all you have to do is just sort of keep spending more money on things like ads or marketing, <laughs> and you can make up for a shortfall in customers. Can you explain Oof, why yeah. that's a bad idea? <laughs> oh, it's an awful idea. Yeah. Um, and I like, granted, I came out hot when I first started. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to run some ads. Like, mm-hmm. even if I break even, like, I'll get some new sales in my Etsy shop and kind of build that. Did not break even, by the way. Um, so, I would never recommend jumping into ads until you kind of have like a proven concept until you have evidence that what you're spending at, like what your ad spend is on is something that people want and are interested in, you know, um, you can spend all the money on the world on a bad design and have it at the top page of your Etsy shop and still people are not going to buy it. And you're just kind of hemorrhaging money from that perspective. Right. And so I think like, I have a Shopify shop too, and I love it, but I think Etsy is brilliant because you get to test whether or not like a design or a product is viable before you spend ad money on it. Mm. Like you would have to in Shopify. Um, and so that's a lot of times what I do on Etsy. Like I test the viability of my designs, you know, I really hone in on SEO and make sure people are seeing it. And if they're seeing it and not clicking it, that tells me something's wrong. That tells me mm. I have to adjust something. And then once I start, you know, picking up steam on, on sales on an item, then I'm like, okay, this might be something worth investing in. I would look at how much money I'm bringing in my profit on that item, you know, because it's a lot smaller than the revenue um, and anticipate how many sales I need to make kind of with this ad spend to make it worth it before I pull that trigger already knowing that it's something that people want, you know? And so never kind of just like out of desperation or wanting to make sales, make the decision to run ads, but have it be a very intentional and thoughtful decision so that you know you're making money because you want to make money with ads. You don't want to break even. Sure. It's interesting. This is the first time I've heard this where somebody who has both an Etsy store and a Shopify store uses the Etsy store to sort of get data about how they can sell better for their Shopify store. Is that a strategy you think people should have? Like, you know, like obviously we recommend people, you know, setting up different sales channels because that, you know, you you take advantage of different audiences. But um, is that something you recommend uh, new sellers to do is like, okay, open both and use one for the other kind of thing? Or does it take time to do that? So if you're like, if you're brand new to e-commerce, I would like, I would not try both at the same Mm. time. I, I was testing both because TikTok's like, I want to learn about Shopify. So I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll do it too, you know? Um, But they're two different, totally different worlds. And like, I would, if you actually want to build a sustainable business that pays you, you need to like, you need to become an expert in one before you branch out to the other. And so um, I spent a lot of time building out my Shopify, have my shop there. I don't run a lot of ads on it. I do some like work with organic traffic, um, but like I switched gears back to Etsy and I want to become like the master of Etsy before <laughs> I run both because I, I just like really want to tap out that market, you know? Yeah. Um, but for those that do have both, like my strategy is I will only ever promote a product in my Shopify that I have evidence from Etsy that it is something that people want, that it is a design that is in demand that it reaches the target audience that I'm searching for. And I find that the designs that I do run ads on my Shopify that I've taken that strategy are Mm. actually ads that convert on Facebook and on Instagram. Really? Wow. 
Um, before I let you go here, um, what I love about your story is, you know, you persist through so many challenges. You put in the work, which obviously is very important to you and is a large part of your success. Um, but for a lot of sellers who get discouraged that they're not making the kind of money that they want to when they first start their business um, and often, you know, just consider giving up entirely. Uh, what advice would you give mm-hmm. them to help sort of stay the course? Yeah, I think that. I think it's really important for those that are just starting to recognize that the success stories that they're hearing and like the big income claims that they're seeing like on, on social media, all of those things, like that is where that creator is at in their current journey. And they're not seeing literally everything that has come before that all of like all of the dry months, all of the months that they lost money, all of the months that they were like figuring it out and had hundreds of listings that, flopped like all of these things like when we see success stories we see money and so it's very easy to be like well that's what I should be that's like I'm not getting that therefore I'm failing or therefore you know I'm not good at this all of these things and so um that was one of my primary goals at like the early stages of my uh account was to just be really realistic at how much it stinks like how much it sucks sometimes to like build something and it takes a long time um but to just like not compare yourself to the success mm. stories because, you know, compare yourself to, I mean, don't compare yourself, but, you know, remember <laughs> that they were all there. They were yeah. all like feeling the same way and decided that they're going to figure it out anyways and kind of have that like obsessive personality characteristic that like, I need to crack this. Like, yeah. I'm going to figure it out, you know, because that'll get you there every time. Well, you know, it's something that I heard recently and one of our merchants say is that you got to always have that progress over perfection mindset. You know, it's mm-hmm. always about the work, not about the result. The result will come if you put in the work, but yeah. that's where most of it happens, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put it out there. Just just like put it out there. Adjust as you go. Put more out there. Learn from it. Adjust. Just like I feel like that is the way. Perfect. Well, Tiana, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is Printing Profits. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Tiana for sharing her story today and at the same time, introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer Laura Jalvite, associate producers Anita Anjoki and Amalia Schwarzkopfa, technical and video production Emils Yasuns and Valerie Zolechno, sound production Christos Hartmanis, and I'm Talish Suffer. See you next time.